and Celtics history, uh, as well as he is one of the leaders in uh, voting this year for the uh, All-Star Game, uh, which we'll talk about, um, and likely going to be first, second team All-NBA, probably first, and fighting for MVP this year. So he's really doing his thing on the best team in the league. Uh, Austin looking sexy as hell, eating late as hell as usual. Uh, Jake making sure the podcast isn't broken. Steve sipping on the sipper, if you know what I mean, with a snake to his left. And me, Ooh. wearing the same sweatshirt I wore two weeks ago. So Not showering. Uh, no, I definitely showered. <laughs> uh, so. I can attest to that. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> Anyways, moving on into this. So we're going to go ahead and talk a lot about this uh, this week. We're going to be talking about the All-Star uh, information. We're also going to be talking about, which we'll start with the NFL, uh, both Wild Card Week and Recap, as well as the Divisional Round. Uh, and then we'll talk about some other miscellaneous things that may come up, uh, but those be the biggest or will be the biggest topics. So let's go ahead and start off with the wild card weekend reaction. And um, I, I, I want to start off with um, we as a group in our selected thing, I think went four for six. Uh, I think that's something correct. like that. It was um, close. I know personally, I went five or six. I, I was four for six because didn't I we pick the Vikings? Six. Pick um, Vikings and Tampa to win. Yeah, so I think those are the only two we got. Well, we didn't pick the Jags, did we? Hold on. Yeah, let's... we did. I'm almost certain. I know I said it. Andrew, you said Jags, didn't you? I said Jags, and I think Justin okay. did, so I think we went Jags. Okay. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure we went Jags. Four for six, which isn't Hold bad. up. I have the photo of it. Please. We did do. We did choose the Jags. We got the whole entire AFC right. Lovely. Yep. But we got the NFC wrong with the Vikings and the Buccaneers. Makes sense. I, I would like to clarify that uh, I, although I did not choose the Jags, I did choose the Cowboys, and I thought it would be an easy game for them. It was, and I was right about that. That's fair. Uh, I was surprised. However, I did also lose a big fat rack on the old Giant, on the old <laughs> Vikings, because God forbid I choose the Giants when they win, and don't you or don't choose the Giants when they lose. So, God forbid that it, it would work out the way. So, um, we'll do a quick reaction. We'll do the AFC first because it was a little bit easier. Um, let's talk about the Bills and Miami game. So, uh, for me, uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a surprise. It was so close at halftime. However, the fact that the Bills did a lot better in the second half, even though Miami kind of kept it relatively close, um, it's about what I expected. So um, I figured there's a lot of emotions. They might start out slow. They definitely did start out slow, but it was close at halftime. And by the end of the game, the Bills did look like the better team. Um, what, what, I, mean, uh, I, mean, I mean, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> Thank you. I mean, honestly, I got to say with the Bills, I mean, the, the concern I have with the Bills is because Josh Allen, if he goes on, he's very similar to Patrick Mahomes where – once, if they start turning the ball over, it's going to be a lot. So, I mean, what is he threw? I think it was at least two interceptions in that game. And I believe there was even a fumble that was taken for a touchdown, I want to believe. Uh, I have yep. to double check. But yeah. those are three costly turnovers. And, I mean, I'll get into this with the Bengals a little bit. But realistically, a, a difference of a quarterback very much could be the difference why Buffalo is actually even moving on, considering you have Tua, 
who's a better ball distributor distributing, you know, to both Hill and Waddle in that game. I mean, Buffalo, unfortunately, I think Kansas City is looking is taking an easy breath considering how I, I have to interject there. Um Oh yeah. Watching Skylar Thompson, I did watch the game. He made several decent passes to Waddle and Hill, which they had dropped in the first half. Like if they had caught them, I think they would have had a lot of uh, yards after catch, and it would have just been a completely different game if they had caught those balls in the beginning of the first half. I think it would have been a total different outcome, but it really just showed that the Dolphins receivers weren't fully there tonight, that day, and it just like kind of was like really like not their day. Like They really just did not want to be there, they seemed, the receiving core. And it was you just think- like... It, it was. It kind of seemed like it because it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is our third quarterback. Uh, we want Tua. It's like, <laughs> what do you it want? From him? Also, what do you expect? No. He's got I a mean, head injury. Honestly, no. I mean, I think it was just one of those days where I mean, a couple of those drops were tough catches. Like one, there was one that Jalen Waddle dropped. It was a deep throw. Yes. No, I know. It was it, right on his chest. Yeah, but the defender's in his face. He got his hand in there. It wasn't like it wasn't like there was no defense. No, Bill no. was open. I'm talking. I'm talking about the. I'm talking about the one to waddle down the sideline where there was a receiver and they called it a drop, but it didn't. Oh, so yeah. Honestly, my reaction to this game is give all credit to the Dolphins for keeping it close and playing a good game against a team that was in a much better situation. I mean, you got your third string quarterback out there. Skylar Thompson played incredibly well, mind you. I don't think his stat line really showed. I don't think his stat line really showed that. Like he had two picks. One of them wasn't his fault. Um. His completion percentage wasn't what it should be because of those drops you're talking about, Andrew. But I'm going to give all credit to the Dolphins for being uh, keeping it close. But it also makes me worry about the Bills moving forward because if the Dolphins with a third-string quarterback can keep it close, who else? Like they got the Bengals next week. It's not that yeah, is the a. Bengals, t- and if you and get past the Bengals, it's the Chiefs. Like, what do you want? Right. Like, you got hey, hey, hey don't discredit. Don't discredit Duval just yet. <laughs> oh, right. I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. I. Pretty much, the, well, didn't the Chiefs play the Jags this season? At some uh, point, you know, probably. Particularly close. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jags are a different like, team I mean, now. this is different. Okay. This is a different team. Awesome. Like, that you could be going to in. talk about but, the uh, existing matchup we were talking about. But, like, today. just give, cre- yeah. give credit to the Dolphins. Like, they kept it close. They played a very good defensive game. They confused Josh Allen more than a couple times. And they had a really good scheme. Mike, uh... Is it Mike McDaniel? Why am I want to say Mike McDaniel? Yeah, Mike yeah. McDaniel. Mike McDaniel had a really good game plan, especially on offense. He they kept it close. Give Mike McDaniel his credit. And for those Dolphins fans calling for his job, take a chill pill. Mm. <laughs> take a chill pill. Um, no, I actually think he yeah. helped coach McDermott. Honestly, in my personal opinion. But it was uh, Austin. Do you want to add anything to that match? Uh, I do want to say one. I don't agree with your take, Nick, on them starting slow. Uh, it wasn't like they were losing at half because they weren't. Uh, they were. They were losing seventeen fourteen. No. I'm pretty sure the, that Miami was up. No, they, the Bengals. No, uh, it was the other way around. Off. Yeah. They. They. It was. It was. Um. It was twenty four, to seventeen. It was twenty to seventeen at the end of it because of the yeah. fact that um, they had scored two unanswered touchdown drives, and they had the field goal in the first quarter at the end of the first quarter and it then was, they scored two unanswered and then Allen was like you left me too much time on the clock I'm gonna go score we're gonna go score and take the lead into the 
into the first half. But it also has to do with that. Um, wasn't there like a late hit on Allen? Like one of them just like kind of costed them. I think it was at the end of that first remember. half. Like they like costed him, costed the team. Like they were going just for it, and they just like. It doesn't mean they were like, playing like great, but it, the point was they had the lead at halftime. And if it, like you said, if it wasn't for like some plays earlier in the first half with the Dolphins stuff like that, it very easily could have gone the other way. Um, obviously, it was a three-point game, so no matter what. But it wasn't to me. It wasn't like, oh yeah, okay. The the Bills started slow, and the Dolphins were up twenty-one at half, and then the Bills <laughs> chased <Chargers>. down. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about that. But yeah, the, right. We're gonna get to that. The, at the end of the day, like in my mind, the Bills should have been up thirty-five-seven at half. Right, like, but that's it, the point to me. Exactly. That, so they started off slow. In my no, opinion, I don't think it started. Well. I don't think they're gonna be able to go. Should've. No, I don't think they're going to do that this going around. As good as a team as we all, like, as they really are, I don't think they're going to do that in these playoffs. We're going to see, but if they didn't do that against this team, Listen. it's hard for me to think they're going to do it against the Bengals. Exactly. Listen, man. We expect it, them to start off hotter than this. It's well, also the playoffs. Yeah. Like, you're not going to find a lot of blowouts in the playoffs. It just doesn't no. happen very often. Unless patriots give up a perfect game listen that's a that's a one like that's a one-off occurrence that doesn't happen a lot you know what I mean. it's you could be like the football. buccaneers and just give up like three freaking touchdowns in the yeah. first half and not that do anything awesome. about that yeah we'll get we'll get to that let's move on to the next game um yeah. this one we'll talk about i think a little bit less yeah um, but uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore, um, this would turn out to be a much better game than yep. I'm pretty sure anyone projected, even more so than Buffalo-Miami. Um, I think when Lamar was out and it was Huntley was the one that was playing, people kind of thought it was going to be a blowout. However, knowing that Huntley is a similar quarterback to Lamar, I thought it might be closer, like a touchdown game, which is exactly what it ended up being. Um, also, this is a division matchup. They've yep. played each other twice this year. Those are always hard matchups, just like Buffalo-Miami should have already been considered. Um, so you can never really assume it's a blowout, especially in the playoffs, because both teams made it. So yeah. I would agree with Jake's point on the other game, on this game. Um, so what what thoughts? I mean, to, I didn't I, learn much from this game. No. I, 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 I mean, I have to say... exactly what we thought they were. I do have to say it was smart by um, Lamar Jackson for sitting out. He was cleared to play, um, but he would have had to wear a brace. And I believe RG3 posted a photo of himself wearing a brace and then yep. him tearing his ACL in that game that he had to wear the brace. And as a mobile quarterback, Lamar Jackson was thinking of himself and was just like, as much as I would love to play for the team right now, he doesn't want to risk injury going further into down the playoff run. And it's just like, you can't do that to a team. I I kind of see both sides of that argument. Like, I see what Mike Vick was trying to say where, you know, he had a torn ACL and suited up an entire season or something like that. I forget what year it was yeah. when he mentioned it. I can see Rob, I can see RG3's point. I can see Mike Vick's point. It's one of those things where it's it, – you get two different types of players. Like, some dudes are going to try to play through that, and that's okay. And other players, especially with the situation that Lamar Jackson is in right now, he's playing for a contract. He – I. Can he even be franchise tag? Is he franchise tag eligible? I think so. He he is, I believe, um, because uh, they didn't put they didn't yeah. take his fifth year option. I don't think so because a lot of people are talking about him like he's a free agent this year. Well, I, I think, think he's he I think he's franchise no, 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 tag eligible. Franchise tag eligible, but I don't think I think people want him to see him walk to a different team. 
that's yeah. what I think the conversation's been about is that they don't want they don't think he wants to stay there. Um, and he want and even if they franchise tag him, it's like he won't play. Like they're saying he might just sit out for the season. Like that's like, type of stuff. So, like, yeah, because he also him, like walk. Because he also wants a long term commitment. Mm-hmm. So right. the franchise tag kind of limits that. But I think I think if we want to just I think for this game in general. Um, I was thinking about it now. I think of this Bengals team and the Bills, I think, just didn't expect these other teams to put up as good of a fight, I think. Unfortunately, I think they're looking ahead. I mean, the Bengals, that fumble, 98-yard fumble recovery touchdown was Same insane. <laughs> I, well, it's, it's Yeah. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins said it, that Tyler Huntley should never have been put in that situation, and they mm-hmm. think if they handed it off to him, he would have carried that thing right into the end zone. I mean, I, yeah. I agree, but at the same time, it's just like, what happens if you're the one to fumble it? Like, no. that's, like, on him, and, though, too, for... And okay, Nick. well, also, that... Sorry, Jake. No, nah, I'm just going to reiterate the point, like, Nick, thank you for agreeing with me on the Miami Dolphins game. Thank you for agreeing with me here. I can't say it more. Give credit to the Do- uh, give your credit to the Ravens, because credit is due. They kept oh, 100%. It 100%. That was, that was a great matchup. That's all I got to say, Austin. Go ahead. Matchup. Uh, when it comes to, like, uh, Dobbins can say all he wants about that. Huntley's an idiot for just diving where the way yes. he dove. Like, that, that I, would, I wouldn't he call him. No, guy. he's not stupid. Like, people do it all the time. No, 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 no. He is, I'm like, saying, a second year or, like, like Yeah, dude. I think it's a second year. But either way, what I'm saying is, like, it wasn't even, like, a dive. He, like, kind of kind of jumped forward. He was just trying to just jump in. straight forward but, like, with the ball. People do it all the time. People do that all the time. No, no, no. They do it actually die and like getting up and getting air off that. And I know he can get that. Literally go watch that play again. Yeah, but just kind of like he, walks you don't know what's happening in that exact out. second. Like maybe like, dude, he didn't get as much grip as he went on the ground. So he tried to jump and he just didn't get enough. Like he had too much momentum. Like Maybe, but I'm going to go off the video and I'm going to blame him. So I can't. <laughs> Okay. I think it's a great play by the Bengals defense. That's really all I gotta say about it. Uh, no, I gotta. Yeah. I can't not give credit to them. I mean, they collapsed that offensive line. But like, I think uh, this is also something the Bengals should be, uh, you know, as close as the game was. I mean, you gotta give the Bengals gotta feel good about their defense, considering that oh, we now have a defense that can save our ass in a in a very tight game. So I know we know Joe Burrow is phenomenal. We know he's going to do his best to clean it up. The only concern I have, I think, for the Bengals is they gave up four sacks that game. Only the offensive line. Their They're, offensive line is banged up. They rebuilt it and they got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I honestly, yeah. I mean, granted, the Bengals went to Super Bowl last year with the worst offensive line, but I, I think. The Bengals are going to have to claw their way, I think, unfortunately, considering that if Joe Burrow doesn't have as much time to throw, he's going to be taking more shots. And I think a game against Buffalo with that pass rush, because they got, what, like six sacks in that game, something ridiculous. I mean, you also had a rookie quarterback back there that took too much time holding onto the ball and tried to run outside pocket. And from what the film showed, from what. From what the film showed, um, from a lot of the games that I watched, is that they pressured one side so that you would be forced to like run outside of the pocket and like stay or run out of it and out the back of it in round. They didn't really like force him to like go up into it. They forced him back and out on out yeah. of the pocket. Well, it was just like one of those types of things where it was just like 
they knew what they wanted because he was a rookie quarterback. And if he runs out and back of the pocket, they have a better chance of getting him for losses of yards. Um, yeah. But right. I do have to say that if this if Lamar Jackson was healthier three weeks ago, I think this game would have been a different outcome, yep. and it would have been a completely different like aspect of the game. And I think potentially that touchdown uh, fumble recovery wouldn't have happened, and I think Ravens could have moved on. But yeah, I don't think it happens. Will get, with him in there. Yeah, I think this is a different outcome. If that was the case, I think that game ends with the Ravens winning it. If that was the case, but like, give I'm giving kudos to both teams. There, great defensive stop. Um, great yeah. game planning for the Ravens to take it that far with them to the yeah. team that just I, won the North. Like you can't, you uh, can't really do much about that. We I watched it. that again. By the way, I just watched it again, yeah. and it was basically a QB sneak that he then tried to jump up and over. Right, like it, it, it was He was ready to under. grab it, and then I saw them move forward, and then he jumps up, and like yeah. not even jump, he just kind of goes up with it. It was a weird. I don't know if that's what they meant for him to do. It's I don't just know. weird. It's a weird play. It's fine. Like, it was like it was so. a weird play, but it looked like the offensive line almost like looked like they were just still standing upwards, so it wasn't allowing him to like drive forward and underneath them because the totally line kind of just like anyway. Up. Speaking yeah. on to I'm ready. To, I'm ready to talk yeah, about the char. Like, I'm yeah. ready to talk about the Chargers Jags. Game for, for too long, right? Because we got a lot to. We got about. stuff um, to do. Yeah. So, uh, yes, we can talk about it. Um, <laughs> I realized watching it back. There's not a lot to talk about. No, um, no, there's not. There's Just really bad collapse. <laughs> there's one sentence from that game that I want to talk about, and it's the fact that Joe Staley should be fired. Brandon Staley. Yes. Brandon, Brandon. Brandon. I don't care. I don't even want to know his name. I don't ever know his name. <laughs> uh, Choke Brandon artist. Staley needs to be fired. And it's not just because of the offense putting up all but three of their points in the first half. It's not because the defense gave up all but what six points there are what all of their points but seven in the second half yeah like, it, it is a complete turnaround it's the opposite of bill belichick that dude flips it around and has and he had the best the patriots as mediocre as they were had the best third quarter team in the whole league this year that is the opposite <laughs> of what brandon staley brought to this game they yep. got blown out in the third quarter and the fourth quarter t-law and the jags played a fantastic second half an awful first half uh, and well, from from that alone, like it is on the coach to, yeah, after one touchdown, get him in the game. After two touchdowns, like, figure out why they're not already in it. And after three, and now it's only one square game. Figure something out, bro. Like yeah. honestly, also, my, Steve, can I just real quick? I'm yeah, gonna be like one sentence. The only thing I'm gonna good. say about this game is the Chargers were up by fucking thirty, and they ran the ball. <laughs> I think Austin Eckler had like six touches total in the second half. They ran the ball a total of seven times in the second half you've got to learn from the falcons if you've got a third like you're up 27 to 7 at halftime your game plan coming out should be run the ball as much as possible drain the clock don't go one-dimensional but you can't i think they threw it 32 times they ran 39 plays in the second half and they threw 30 32 times and only ran seven yeah are you are you serious that's elementary like that is yeah. that's, that's coaching 101 Rex Ryan, and, I I heard Rex Ryan say it, and honestly, I've never agreed with Rex Ryan in my entire life. And I was like, you, you hit the nail on the head. It it's elementary. I hated it. Yep. Put John, I mean, put John Payton in there. It won the Super Bowl next year. I swear to you. Oh, John Payton <laughs> won the Super Bowl. I, but I'm also, just gonna say this: insert uh, that Homer Simpson meme, but with uh, Brandon Staley's face, 
going into the bush, <laughs> the bush. and Turning then out away. coming Matt Ryan, and then insert um it coming back in with uh, Matt Ryan's face on it, biggest <laughs> choker of them all. No, oh, no, you got biggest... what was the Robert Quinn? Ryan Quinn? Who was the coach then? Dan oh, Quinn. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. And uh, Steve, yeah. Steve, go ahead, go ahead, my guy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, what's even worse too is the Chargers. Chargers didn't commit a single turnover in the second half. That's yeah. That is, you don't commit a turnover in the second half, and you throw over thirty times. So you should have ran the ball. I just, you just can't lose a lead like that, and not be on the hot seat. I mean, look at Jeff Saturday. He gave up 33 points. Why? Because an incompetent coach who couldn't manage the game. And clearly, the Chargers head coach, I can't... I, I just really... You commit no turnovers and you lose. And you get outscored... What is it? 28? It, it was 24-3 uh, to three in the second half or something like that. Uh, they they lost the game thirty one thirty. So yes, I would say yep. twenty. Yeah. That's so uh, yeah, twenty. It was twenty seven to seven at half. So uh, yeah, twenty four to three. So Herbert and, yeah, deserves better. Yes, he does. And I've been telling mm-hmm. people that, including Kyle, all year. He's not here to defend himself, although he seems to be on the same page as us. Uh, that game was on Brandon Steele. No, that's uh, not on Justin Herbert at all. Uh, no, the dude literally had a fantastic first half. Um, and I, although I guess you're right, he could have made a couple passes in the second half. It shouldn't be on him to win that game alone, um, and that's why they're not a complete team yet. Right. I'm, a, I'm just mean, gonna give I'm gonna give kudos to Asante Samuel Jr. who oh, got two off. interceptions. Who got two interceptions off of Tila? It's now equaled his father. Interceptions, um, scored, uh, interceptions made in the in the playoffs. Bro, Asante has one more pick, and the Patriots have another Super Bowl. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> but like, also give a lot but of credit. He didn't want to play for the Patriots. That's the problem. He didn't. Really, he really said not to go down. You, I don't want to play for the Patriots. And not to go Sorry, down the rabbit. Not to go down the rabbit hole, but like, give T. Law some credit for coming back, like throwing four oh, picks in the first half. Like, look, oh yeah, he's give, give T. on Saturdays. And no, I also, he's still undefeated on Saturday. I also told you all that Doug Peterson is a better coach than Brandon Staley, so that's, mm-hmm. I'm just going to let that sit. Uh, I'm I mean, ready to move on. I you on that point, by the way, just to clarify. <laughs> Nobody fought you on that point. In fact, I would agree that the one Super Bowl he has was masterfully coached, and that's the <laughs> yes. reason why. That man so, is the calmest human being I've ever seen. His team's down 27. He's just like, we got we're it. We're talking about Phil Belichick, by the way. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're gonna let's talk about the most obvious game of the weekend. Uh, this is the game that went as two of uh, as this game should have gone. Uh, <laughs> San Francisco versus Seattle. Yeah, um, they were tied at half, just like essentially tied at half, just like the Chargers and the Jags. Except the better team actually pulled ahead and won the game. <laughs> uh, and the 49ers. I, is there really anything to talk about other than no. Brock Purdy looked pretty good? Like um, big cock Brock, big cock Brock. All, all I'm saying is, big Brock. I think Purdy is going to be able to play. Obviously, it's not going to be as easy as it was against Seahawks. Not the most elite team. They're good. They're decent. Geno Smith found a new career out there in Seattle. Um, but I think Ooh. Brock Purdy is going to take them. I think one more. Um, maybe all the way through. We'll see what happens. As, as long yeah, as he, does, as long as he wait, doesn't, they, they got the Cowboys, right? Yeah. As long as Brock Purdy doesn't turn the ball over, I think the 49ers are set. That's where it's going to come yeah. in. Like, if he doesn't turn the ball over, they're going to be just fine. 
but he looks like that dude. But the problem is, is that in the Cowboys, you have ball hawks all over that team. Well, yeah, exactly. But as long as all he's got to do is. Go ahead. That's the problem. We're talking about it before we actually get there, so let's move on before we go talk about Yeah. Point being, Brock Purdy, in my mind, looks a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo and does the same things that he does. Even better. But he does a lot better. He's, he's got more. more he's got more cojones yeah, than Jimmy. Little, G. Oh yeah, he but he's a little he more agile. Balls, so let's yeah, chill out. Let's, let's chill. Let's chill. Let's chill. He's also been injured. No, he's the booty goat. Shut up. <laughs> we're gonna save what really was probably the best game, uh, second the, best game of the weekend for last. Yep. Um, Tampa Bay and Dallas just happened last night. Oh, it, it uh, went this about. This game went exactly as I thought it was going to do. <laughs> Literally. I look. I I'm not a Cowboys hater, but I, with all due respect, love the Cowboys memes. However, <laughs> I watched them a good amount this season, having Tony Pollard, and I saw a team that like should win a playoff game. And when I saw or didn't see Tom Brady play like Tom Brady, I don't even know who was on the field in the last eight weeks. I was not. I was like, dude, this isn't even the same guy I watched for 20 years because he doesn't care. It looks like he doesn't care. Uh, or at least, it, I don't know what it is. It's just the people around him don't care, maybe. I don't know. Dude, but, Tampa Bay's culture is awful. Yes. yes. And Tom's, we're going to talk about that a little bit maybe if we have time, but um, where Tom might go, and it might be a next week or this offseason uh, discussion, but that game went exactly as I thought it would. Everyone thought Tom the Goat would come out. Um, Tom the Goat always had a team around him of people who bought in, and this was yep. not that team by any no. means. No, Brady has to no, I mean, actually, Tampa Bay's defense, I didn't realize this, was uh, mid to low 20s the entire season. And, I mean, realistically, Honestly. Brady is, he, he needs more help in his age. We know this. That's just, you know, at the point of Brady's career. And this really wasn't a culture that he could succeed in. And it just, you ask him to throw 60 times in any other season 60. previous. 66 times, that's like Brady is going to destroy your defense. But, I never saw that Steve, that's the heart of the <laughs> problem, right? Is like, I ex- when I picked the Bucks, I expected them, like, I know Tom Brady threw a record amount in the regular season, record amount of completions, whatever. I expected yeah. them, like, Todd Bowles has been here before in the playoffs. Like, he went on a Super Bowl run as a defensive court. Like, you know you have to run the ball in the playoffs. And I expected yep. them to come out and run with Leonard Fournette and Rashad White and try to set a tone early. And they just didn't do it. Like, I get also, it. Also, they had a, some pretty good runs, too, which like, is crazy. They're, they're not even inability, because I think they can run their ball. Their unwillingness to just turn around and hand the ball off and set up play action is what killed them this year. Todd Bull's inability to make mid-game adjustments or to adjust any type of offensive game plan absolutely murdered this team. They should have been probably a 10 or 11 win team, barring injuries and whatever. Yeah, It's awful. Um, honestly, I know that they said that Todd Bowles is good until next year. They just fired Byron Leftwich. I don't think jo- Todd Bowles should be safe. I think everybody on that oh. coaching staff should be getting the chopping block. It was awful. Their no, team is talented, was... and they're awful. And they also had uh, what was supposed to be a masterful defense, and that defense did nothing. They only had one sack. This was supposed to be a sack-driven team. This is what was their bread and butter for the last two seasons aside from Brady. And they couldn't even do that. And so that their very exposable secondary got exposed. 
Their secondary is great if their quarterback's under pressure, and you don't get the quarterback under pressure. I mean, but I think we got to give it more to Dallas only because this is the team that obliterated Minnesota, that was able to go on a nice win streak with Cooper Rush. You know, this is the team that when they want to play well instead of put up six points against the Commanders, this is a team that could make it to a Super Bowl if they stay consistent. But I've got nothing else to say. I'll give on it. Dallas, in my mind, was the only team this weekend of all 12 teams that did exactly what they should have. Exactly, yes. They didn't do better. They didn't do worse. They did exactly what they should have. Maybe you could consider it a little bit better, but they should have beat Tampa, and they should have beat them bad. Uh, yeah. Also, fun note: uh, we had Tampa going fourteen and three this year. Yes, they we did. Went eight and nine. So, yep. just, worst uh, prediction we've had. So. I, I I will say <laughs> that um, the NFC South did not look hot at all this year. Uh, oh, fucking awful! So, like, we got the rest like, of the division got... right, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, fucking awful. But I will I yeah, will I give credits right. to um, to the Cowboys and them pulling off that Peyton Manning bootleg run for the, into the end zone. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that play. Oh, I saw the um, video. It looks very yeah. Similar. It literally was exactly the same exact play where they like fake the handoff and the quarterback just boat legs it all the way out and around on that goal line. I can't wait till it was really special happens. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts uh, receiving touchdown. Jalen Hurts rushing touchdown. Jalen Hurts in like Kansas City or something weird. Um, okay, oh my. the final game of the week we'll talk about. Hopefully Kyle's watching if he's in the mood to watch, uh, if he's able to. I don't know um, if he is. The biggest, for me, not for everyone, the biggest surprise of the weekend, um, not necessarily with how the Giants played, but how the Vikings barely played is what it felt like. Um, so the Giants beat the Vikings and cost me a bunch of money. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and furthermore... Uh, Justin Jefferson receives, I think, one or two targets in all of the second half. That's yes. not the biggest joke I've heard. Dude had 1,800 yards in the season, the seventh most receiving yards in a season, by the way. <laughs> and you throw him to him twice in the second half of a game, you're losing the whole second half. Um, must I need go on? Um, there's really not much else to talk about the Vikings. Uh, I don't really blame Kirk that much, other than he's the one who could have thrown to Justin Jefferson. What yep. is the real story here is that the Giants played a great game. Yep. Uh, and it wasn't just Saquon. It was a beautifully coached game. And Daniel Jones did more than he's been doing all year. He didn't just not lose in the game. He contributed towards some sort of win. Yeah. Um, by having multiple plays that resulted in touchdowns or just good passes. Big yardage. He first was great. Conversion. Yeah, it felt like, like he big controlled first down mark. It's yeah. the first game I've really seen the dude control no, that I've, I've seen. He uh, looks great. I mean, yep. the wow. problem with me is I look at him like, okay, was that just Minnesota's defense and the fact that they were not great all year? And was that because Minnesota didn't have a great offensive game, so that's why they were in it? Is that why this happened? Or is it because the Giants are the real deal? I'm not mm-hmm. sold yet, even though I totally thought the Vikings would win that game. So to I'm answer not- your question about that, Nick, honestly, I think coaching just shows up a lot more in the playoffs, and I think Brian Dayball is a better coach than Kevin O'Connell is at this point in their careers. I mean, yes. that's really what I think it came down to, is the better coach team played like the better coach team. Um, if Daniel Jones goes out there and misses some wild passes and throws three picks, this is a different story, obviously. 
But Daniel Jones, at, for the first time in his career, is being coached the correct way. So you're seeing what looks like a competent quarterback. And I always thought Daniel Jones, you know, was smart. I just think he always had bad coaches, and honestly, his teams weren't great. His team still, I don't think, is great. I mean, having Saquon definitely helps in the play-action game and doing all those other things. But at this point, I think you're just seeing Brian Dayball as an elite coach coming out for the Giants. That's really yeah. what I've got with it. And Jake, the only comment I'll make on that is you're seeing the opposite effect on someone like Josh Allen, who looks a lot more loose cannon with without yes. Brian Dayball. I was just thinking that. That's a like, big point, and everyone keeps saying mm-hmm. it. And we, I, I heard about it a couple weeks ago about how Josh Allen's playing like a loose cannon, and Daniel Jones is playing like I also, above average. I also think that's because Josh Allen really has to do a lot more for his offense than people really think he does. Josh Allen yes. is their entire run game and their entire pass game. Not but, to give an excuse for Josh Allen. Like, he's still great, but yes, you're right. He's throwing a lot more no picks. there's no one to tell him not to do that. Yeah, there's no one to tell Brian him no. Did. Brian Dable absolutely told him no. Like, <laughs> hand the ball off 15 times a game at least. Stop like, being an idiot. <laughs> uh, and for yeah. that alone, and that's that's a big point. So, Daniel Jones is taking advantage of it for sure. No, and so, you have an elite. Well, that's my only reaction say, to this game is Brian Dable's better than I will than say that, like, Definitely, Brian Dable definitely looks back at um, Daniel Jones' college career, found some tapes that he liked, and was like, why was the reason they drafted this guy? There's got to be a reason why. And it was like, found plays that really worked for him this year. And it like really shows that like they knew what they wanted now. They had a, at least a competent quarterback that could lead them still for another like three years, potentially down the road. And, like, you have the pieces there. You just need to, like, find those other missing pieces that could carry it further. Because I don't know if they make – I really don't know how much further they can go. But, like, this team this weekend really showed up and just really played the best game of football I've ever seen from the New York Giants in so long. And this Giants team, the thing is, is that we – a really good run game, very smart defense, and then you have a quarterback that can, if he can eliminate his turnovers, you can use them very well. And they're using, you know, Daniel Jones's legs really well. I mean, if I'm the Eagles, I don't want to play the Giants. I'm being completely honest. This is not a team, especially with a, you know, still coming off of an injury, Jalen Hurts. That's not a team you want to deal with. But also, I mean, the Vikings as well, yeah, you don't rely on your top weapon as much, which is a huge mistake. You have a terrible run defense, and you're going up against a team that loves to destroy run defenses. So this is a Giants team that if they, whatever team they play in the later rounds, that team's going to be hurting, and they're going to be tired after that game because New York is very... Hardy, tenacious. Ball. I mean, it's a very based, control the ball type game. Based on yeah. based on what we saw, this is probably the second best case scenario because at the very least, they, um, they could have played four through seven. And from what I remember, it's the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Vikings, and then no, it's the Vikings. I forget what it was. It doesn't matter. Eagles, Vikings. In front of me. I don't um, know what, you're, what are you asking? The order, but like was, order of no, it's four to seven. Sorry. Who who are the four to seven seeds? Eagles, oh. Niners, right? No, you no, no. Four to seven, seven was it's Giants, oh, sorry, it's right, Giants, right. Cowboys, Seahawks. 
It was yeah. the that's the four through seven. Nope. Giants, <sighs> Cowboys. Uh, excuse me. Seahawks. Jesus. Oh, this is Bucks. What have been? Uh, Bucks, Cowboys, Giants, yeah. Seahawks. We we're forgetting the Bucks. Right. And so yeah. uh, no, actually, this is the second worst case scenario for the Eagles because they could have played the Vikings, and I think that would be a tougher matchup for them. We'll get to that, obviously. But... I actually think that this is the best case scenario of the three teams that are there, and we're going to carry this right into our divisional round conversation. Yep. In my mind, I think that no matter who the Eagles play, if they beat the Giants, it is worse than playing the Giants, and there's yeah. one specific reason why. I think worst case scenario, they play the Cowboys. Why? Yep. They've already played the Cowboys twice, twice this year. And that is awful for any team to play a team three times and the third time be in the playoffs. Well, they got to play the Giants for the third time, too. It sucks. Yes. <laughs> so that sucks. But the Cowboys, in my mind, are a better overall oh, yeah. team. Yeah. They're defense. Oh, yeah. Micah Parsons alone is the best player on that field, besides maybe Saquon, if you put everyone on the field. Um, Micah Parsons it, is the best player on that field. Yeah, even, well, with, yeah, Sa- I mean, even with Saquon. But I mean, yeah, if good. you look, you look at it. The Eagles' run defense has not been fully there this year. So, mm-hmm. you hand the ball off to Saquon, how many times? Probably twenty and, to twenty-five. Yeah. yeah, and he gets off a good like ten yards each, about maybe every five runs that he gets, like a good ten plus yards every five runs. I really think that if they start then play actioning. Your, your defense is going to be scattered at that point, and they won't know what to do. I think this is a closer game than people think it's going to be. I'm still taking oh, the I Eagles know. by, like, 7 to 10, but it'll be more I'll, competitive. I'll take, the Eagles. I'll take the Eagles, but it's just that the Giants will utilize their run game because they know the Eagles don't have a run defense, and you're going to utilize it a lot more in this situation because they brought in how many defensive tackles to try to be the more, like, power up front? Yeah. Actually, I think they, were, they had it. They have a lot more than that on that roster. I saw right now. Nick shaking his head. I want to know what he's going to say. Well, I would say yeah. I would say two or three. My thing is, I so I agree with the point that Saquon is. If Saquon, Saquon is the win condition. Saquon yeah, he is. Is <laughs> that is the win condition? But Daniel Jones can't be the one to run twenty-seven times a game. Right? Oh, no, I know. Saquon. So that Saquon is the win condition in my mind. Um, and he would have to run for almost two hundred yards, if not more. Because, not because of the Giants. If the Giants have a great offensive game, in my mind, that is not even close to a guarantee that they win this game. Because the Eagles' offense has been one of the most explosive all year. And they have, if you're looking at the best wide receivers on the field, Eagles easily have the top two. And probably number three. And if you give Goddard, they have the top three, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And they, I don't even know the third person on their depth chart. They might have the top four. Now, honestly, my biggest my biggest concern with this game is what Jalen Hurts are we going to see? Um, if Jalen Hurts comes out looks like he did in Week 18, the Giants could very like if they run it 35 times, the Giants win the game. If we get Week 18, Jalen uh, again, I'm going to take the Eagles by a touchdown, but that's really like I'm concerned about what we see out of Jalen Hurts this week. I'm well, going like, to be watching. That's- that's that's what I'm saying. If the Giants somehow manage to control the game in their favor. I don't see the Eagles winning this one. And if they do, it's like you said, it's going to be like, I'll, I'm going to say it's going to come down to a field goal win for them. Yeah. All right. Honestly, I, I, I think it's going to be a field goal. We are about 40 minutes in, boys. We've got a couple other things yeah. to get to, so uh, might want to yeah. speed it up a little bit. Yes. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I would say, so that game, I think we're kind of back and forth. It all, Saquon's the win is what we all agree on. Yeah, Saquon's the win condition. The win condition. So, 
The other game in the NFC, Dallas and San Francisco. Going to be a great game. This should be a great game. Yes. This should be a yes. very fun game to watch. If you had, I would say, Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, in my opinion, this would be a better, more in favor of San Francisco game, only because they played the whole season, not because of Brock Purdy, um, because he still I, only I, played I, five games. Uh, I wouldn't say Trey Lance is an X factor, though. Brock no. Purdy is so, in my opinion, Brock Purdy, which I'm not saying anything about how M being bad or anything, right now, it is so statistically improbable that he continues to have over 115 QBR. <laughs> Brock every Purdy might be the luckiest game. man alive. <laughs> it is yep. so statistically improbable that he has five of those in a row, has <laughs> his first five starts, one of them in the playoffs. That he has a six against Listen, a better team. The only thing he doesn't the only that. thing I have Listen. to say about this game is again, if Brock Purdy doesn't turn the ball over, and he might be in the best situation in all of football with Kyle Shanahan and all those weapons. Yep. Never mind the fact yeah, that they added Christian nothing. McCaffrey. But like, I'm again, I'm gonna go with the 49ers on like the win condition is Brock Purdy doesn't turn the ball over. That's it. That's the only yep. win condition. Give, well, I mean, Jimmy G is so healthy. Give me a Purdy no, like, that is a little bit he went 18 for 30 for 330 yards and three touchdowns four so or four right four touchdowns like okay i don't think he's gonna do that against you know dallas um i don't if i mean 49ers are fully healthy right like there's no but i mean if you take out like garoppolo which i'm not counting him because i believe in purdy right now so like i don't care about garoppolo right now and if they need him they can bring him in but Purdy, if he is plays with a sound mind and like just doesn't get like shaken by that defense, um, which still has holes, like it has Parsons and stuff, but like uh, Diggs gets burned very easily because he gets too ice ball heavy. Yeah, yeah, but so, like, I think that's the matchup like, of the game is Debo and Diggs. That's really the right. matchup. Yeah, yeah. Then you have Debo then you have IU. Right, and I'll come underneath. If IU is still, it's been a was. Wide open. How many times against the Seahawks? Wide open because they went in double covered Devo. How many times? And get, You're and talking get about two different teams, though. The Cowboys yeah. defense is better yeah. than the Seahawks. You know what's, what? you know what's what? really bad? Go. This game, I, I have this inner feeling that if there's a game where Diggs is going to show off as the ball hawk that he can be, it's, it's going to be this game. Yes. And he's going to have like two picks, one pick six. And it's just gonna he's gonna be in Brock Purdy's head. And it's only because he's aggressive. And I don't think there's a single Seattle corner that's nearly as aggressive as Trayvon Diggs is. I would put Tariq Woolen up there. He's a he too. is he's aggressive. Yeah. He's not he's not Trayvon Diggs, don't get me wrong, but Tariq Woolen is aggressive. Trayvon Diggs Trayvon Diggs had what, seven interceptions last year? Eight. Like uh he had, yeah, he had, he had eleven interceptions last year. Uh, he had some gross number of interceptions last year. Eleven, multiple, multiple interceptions games. For that reason alone, he can pop off like that at any point. He can. And he's gonna do it. It's against a rookie quarterback who is playing too good to be true. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Shanahan's gonna be in his ear saying, "I want you to pay attention to what Diggs is doing because he's gonna mm-hmm. want to be all over." And I think if Shanahan, since he's a great coach, and I think it will, and thinks it's gonna show up here because they really, that's another thing too. The coaching with Shanahan is over. Shanahan's better than McCarthy. Oh, yes. Only one's hard away. So that's important to note. True. But Shanahan's um, better too. Yeah. Um, 
too. He was but, the offensive coordinator of the Falcons. Right. Uh, oh, well, so, that, that's not a good take on his resume. <laughs> but um, my, my big thing is Purdy just needs to, you know, even if he has one, I think it's okay. But I think if they double Debo, and even if they don't double him because they have Brandon Ayuk and, you know, you still have Kittle. Um, yeah, CMC. You have CMC on the CMC. There's, yeah. there's, there's no problem. reason. You, don't, you don't. know you're putting Mike on CMC, right? Like he, CMC, no, Mike has got no, no Mike has got to apply pressure. Mike has got to be your edge rusher. You've got to apply pressure to him somehow, and you don't have enough no. guys on your roster that can apply the pressure that Micah Parson does, right. like Demarcus Lawrence has on the opposite side. Like you have to find a way to pressure Brock Purdy to make these throws downfield with a ball hawk like Trayvon Diggs to I, be able to get into his head. Like, I wanna, like you've got to find that. I want to end the conversation on this. If Micah Parsons has a game like he did against the Bucks, where he has two sacks, nine quarterback pressures, Cowboys are going to win by like tw- uh, double digits. That's all I'm going to say I about it. it I don't yeah. see it happening, but if he is the uh, X Factor like he was, it really, that's a game. It really, depends, it really depends on who they match up against him on the O line. I can't believe I mean, like, that really, it really depends. Here's the last thing I'll say. If 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 uh, Shanahan's smart, I mean, if he's lining up outside, you could easily put Kittle on him. Kittle could easily match up like, against him. Match up against him. Not like you not have use check as well on the inside as well. Not, if you have right. Kittle and use check there. I'm not yeah. saying that like Micah wouldn't beat Kittle off the line and like, but Kittle can hold his own against those. It's not like he's the best run blocking tight end. So like, I, I, I'm not I, too I worried. Say, uh, based on that one note alone, I watched Kittle this last game run with like three guys on his back. Uh, <laughs> George Micah Kittle's Parsons an excellent Kittle. blocker. Yes, but if Mike Parsons hits Kittle, I don't think Kittle's gonna keep running. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't okay. think that. I'm just saying. Like, I, I think it's. I think we got the, we got the AFC to get two boys. We got the AFC to get two boys. The only positive part about the AFC is that I don't think we have to talk about Kansas City Jacksonville really at all, other than it should be a decent game. I expect like a forty-two to thirty-five type game or a forty-two to twenty-eight, like a pretty high scoring. Probably. Game. That's, that's yeah. really all I got to say about it. But the Chiefs likely win that game. If T Law yeah. pulls that game off, um, I'm keeping him in fantasy. I'll say it right now. I will hold myself to it. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, Buffalo, Cincy. Or, or Kansas City, rather. Uh, so Cincinnati versus Buffalo. This is the much better game. Bolters came off very close games. We have seen how teams react to the close games, including these two teams. We have seen how they react to close playoff games. Can, uh, in the past, Cincinnati has a much better record in these close playoff games, considering Buffalo keeps having them against Kansas City and keeps losing. So <laughs> yeah. there is an, it, it, right away in my mind, unless Buffalo blows out Cincinnati, which is not Unlikely. very likely, I don't think they win this game. I don't care. This is what the, the only is the matchup that we want to see again. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the matchup going back to the regular season that never happened due to the Unsubstantiated in shoot that happened on the field yep. that delayed the game and canceled it. Um, I don't know how both teams are going to react going into this game. I mean, you're in Buffalo. Cincinnati is going away to Buffalo, where they now have full support of all those fans there. Um, is it going to be an emotional game? Is it going yes. to be a train wreck of a game for one side? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be like? It really depends on. How Cincinnati is going to walk into this game at the first moment and knowing that they're playing in a stadium full of Bills fans who are going to be pent up on emotions 
and are going to be riding hard and going into this game. I think I, it just... Sorry, Steve. I'm going to take one sentence yeah. and then you can go. No, um, you're good, honestly, you're good. I think it just comes down to whether Josh Allen turns the ball over or not. And if he does, since he wins. If he doesn't, Buffalo wins. That's it. I, I, I'm just going to give the edge to Cincy because Cincinnati because first they went into they went into Kansas City last year when they had Tyreek Hill down 18 points and won. And you're going up against a... One thing to remember, too, uh, if you think the offensive line for the Bengals was suspect, Josh Allen was sacked at least five or six times last this past weekend. So I... I just think Joe Burrow is a better. I trust him more with the balls and his with the ball in his hand. Only, I know that word choice, but Josh Allen, I just think has gotten reckless, and I just think Joe Burrow definitely has a better pocket presence. And I think it's just it's either going to be close or Cincinnati might have a decent, you know, might have a dominance over this game only because. I just think Josh Allen's uh, uh, likelihood of, of turnovers is going to come back to bite him in the butt. He had a near-perfect game against Kansas City and wasn't able to win. And honestly, I just don't know if Sean McDermott is – if I really can trust him in so many close games because in the playoffs it hasn't turned out well. And unfortunately, I think it's going to happen again. I just love Kansas City – not Kansas City, uh, Cincinnati – as the overall more balanced, better team in this case. I am going to say, going back to what Jake said, yes, it does go back to um, turnovers, but also him saying that without having Brian Dable there and keeping him contained as a, he's just a loose cannon, and I just think he's just he may cost them the game if he's going to try to be uh, the savior for the Bills. Yeah. I think that's... That's really what it's going to come down to is if he becomes, yep. he tries to be more of the savior for the game and becomes too much of a loose cannon. I think he costs you the game. And I think because even though like the Bengals defense secondary isn't like top of the line, has the top corners in the league sort of situation, Eli Apple's going to pick off Gabe, pick off Josh Allen a couple times. And you have Chita Bay Ouzier, I think. And, like, you got Jesse Bates, uh, Trey Flowers, and all of them in the backfield. Like, you got to gotta control yourself. Like, you got to control yourself in this game. They they will pick you off if they see the opportunity to. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so that's kind of uh, stops our talks there. Um, we do have another football topic. Um, we're going to touch briefly on the NHL and NBA All-Star uh, voting. Uh, the NBA All-Star voting is currently going on. Uh, the next wave uh, that they'll give an update is actually in two days. So we might only touch on it. Um, and then when Kyle comes back next week, we might touch on the NHL as well. But then we'll fully hit those next week. Because um, I know we're going to talk a lot about that. But for now, uh, I want to very, very briefly talk about the Patriots coaching situation. Um, it has already been released that the Patriots have moved from Matt Patricia, moved him back into the office Finally. where he belongs. Mm -hmm. uh, they also announced that Gerard Mayo, instead of just calling him a defensive coordinator, I don't know, maybe this is a more prominent title, they it call is. him an assistant head coach, which is awesome. Uh, no matter what it is, I hope that he is the defensive coordinator, the guy calling the plays on defense. Uh, another note is uh, 
Joe Doucheface McGoogle is the <laughs> uh, special teams coach, which God knows we need someone out there telling them to not give up two kick returns to Neiman Hines to let us not go to the playoffs. Um, and then Nick Cayley, um, who's been an assistant, or he's been a tight ends coach, is going to be moving on in some fashion. Probably going to be a coordinator. Yeah, he's going to go get an offensive coordinator job. So uh, that's really it. Uh, that's, uh, we don't talk about much. I know we're all just happy Matt Patricia's no, not longer going to be coaching. Uh, he might help out with the O-line. Yeah, put the big man with the big men. Okay? <laughs> okay. We'll put him in a uniform and throw um, him out there. That's the best he can do. Jake, we'll I still run think over that. By, by Aaron we'll, Donald. Yeah. What we'll was – um, <laughs> Who was our offensive line? Dante Scarnecchia, right? That was the yeah. He was the guy. Oh before, my god! Yeah, but, yeah. A long time guy. Um, he is one person they don't talk about. Bro was literally integral in the entire um, dynasty, and nobody he, talks about this man. Literally, he might be the most integral part of the entire dynasty, and nobody says a word about this man. Literally, he I'm was pretty a savant. I'm pretty sure line. the only time they won Super Bowls is when Dante Scarnecchia was coaching their offensive line. Maybe yes, not in the early years. But the last but four, last Dante Scarnecchio was there. No, yeah, was, I wanted to check that out. No, that's a known thing that he was a big deal. So when he retired, it was a big deal. Um, and honestly, I don't. I heard this earlier, and I actually kind of believe it. I don't think the Patriots' offensive line was as bad as it seemed this year. Bro, the scheming and the play calling. No, I'm. I'm ways. with you on that. Um, the amount of times I watched them try to cut block edges on passing plays was absolutely was fucking nice. atrocious. It gave yep. Mac less than two seconds of protection every time they did it. And I noticed that every time Bailey was happy was in, they never did it. And the protection was so much better. And I'm like, what, yes. what are they doing? It's well, if we're hearing it was different for a different quarterback. You can quite but literally also, go to our Twitter and see me complaining about how many times I try to, uh, we try to cut block edges on pass plays. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, I was looking at Steve eating some nasty stuff over there. <laughs> uh, I'm just blowing my nose. In there. Uh, oh. Ah, so anyways, oh, okay. So, we are going to talk about some potential trade scenarios looking at yeah. next year. Um, so, I'm not – did you put anything together, Jake? Did you no, um, honestly, I'm just going to go off the top of my head. We're going to talk about, first and foremost, D-Hop because uh, – why don't you just pull up a rent, like a blank Google, uh, Google Sheets and we'll go through it. Um, yep. I will do that as you speak. So we're going to go through D-Hop, obviously, because he's getting moved. Uh, Derek Carr, because he's getting moved. We're yep. going to talk about a, Lamar, a possible Lamar Jackson trade scenario solely because I think it becomes a tag and trade kind of thing. Um, yep. I think that's something that a lot of people are looking at. And then we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers because he's a potential trade target this offseason. And then mm-hmm. we should talk about Jimmy G. I think that's uh, the five that we should talk about, like, where yeah. what they should where they should go what the compensation should be stuff like that nothing insane i mean and as nick's pulling that up uh obviously we're gonna start with d hop and mm-hmm. for me baseline minimum first round pick for d hop i don't care that he's 30 yeah. he's still an elite talent um yes. the best fits for him i'm not like personally i would love to see him in a patriots uniform but i don't think if we like to the coaching situation of the Patriots, Bill O'Brien is the top target, mind you, for the offensive coordinator job. We tweeted it out earlier today that if Bill O'Brien is the OC, I don't think D-Hop's going to waive that no-trade clause to come here because he absolutely hates that man. And honestly, personally, I'm perfectly fine with it because I don't hate the Patriots receiving core as much as other people do. Uh, Andrew and I were talking about it earlier. I wouldn't mind having a true wide receiver one option. Dude, like... 
Am I gonna mine if D hops here? Absolutely not. He's gonna be oh, one of the no. best players in the game. No, I'm not gonna mind it. Nobody, nobody would complain, but it's just if we get Bill O'Brien as our OC, I don't see it. Uh, like, but with D hop, I mean, I could see any type of like wide receiver needy team going to get him. Uh, like, I see Baltimore. Like, Baltimore could try to go do it. That would be a good, yeah. I think, I, the think Sa- would be the best. I think the Saints are a sneaky target in there. I know they don't have the draft capital, but they could try to find trade partners. Um, um, Packers. The, Honestly, Packers. the Packers could be one. Packers can definitely do it. I'm also going to give a shout-out to, um, honestly, this might be kind of crazy, but I actually might see the Chiefs honestly making a push, depending on how those playoffs go. Oh, my yeah. God, so, they do that. Nick, what do you think it takes to get him? Uh, minimum first-round pick, I'm going to say it's multiple picks. I think it's at least a first, if not a first, and, like, a third and a fourth. How much more does he have on his deal? Um, I can look that up Three. real quick. Let me look. Because it that's going a big I have a feeling it's going to be a first round pick, and then depending on where the first round pick is, may just be only that. Considering uh, how much, how much the other teams are willing to take of his salary, too. So honestly, I think the likely destinations are probably the Colts, Packers, and the Colts and Packers probably the two most likely. Because I don't, I think, I think Ravens would be another option if you still have Lamar Jackson. He's, he's, he's got two years left on his deal. Right. Here's here's what I think too could be a reach if Brady went to Raiders. Do they have enough capital to go get him? Ooh. They have enough draft. They have the seventh pick this year. They could throw that at him. That would take a lot. Can... It's a reach. Like I could see the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Patriots, but... and maybe like there was another team we said. Who was it? Um, the Packers. No, we got the Packers in like likely. He's well, gonna, the, he's gonna want to go to a team Baltimore. that's contending. The Giants Ravens. and the Giants and the Ravens are probably two other reach destinations. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. Say I think, the Giants might. The Giants might have a better chance, honestly. If you got a situation, yeah, where you Giants have might not even be that much. For a... Yeah, actually, I mean, if the Giants also were able to get a team-friendly deal from uh, uh, from Daniel Jones too, that's also. That's also going to help. You have, a, yeah. you have a competent quarterback back there. I really think you're going to do something. I mean, you're losing Sterling Shepard, though, too, at the end you, of the year if you don't resign him. They don't, I don't think they want him anyways. Not if, um, not if when they don't. When um, they don't bring him back. I think the reason the Raiders, to me, are like could be in play is just because they do have in the set at number seven. and I then they have the money. No, that's what I'm saying. It all depends on if they could fudge money. Or money. But like, if it's Brady, like unlikely, you know? If Brady comes... I could see D Hop waving. That's what I'm saying. Is like that's a like those two things. If that they could would find be the, the scariest. Point, that, that would be the scariest offense I've like ever. With Dude, that Deion, would be insane. You got D Hop, Adams, Waller, Jacobs, Renfro, and Brady. That would Ooh, be ridiculous. Actually, what is the uh, Bills cap room? I don't. It's not good. Neg- yeah, negative six mil. <laughs> Negative six yeah. and a half mil. <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, they're not. No, the Bills aren't going gi- to be able to The Giants it. are actually probably more likely than not solely because they have so much fucking cap space. <laughs> yes. But, wait, wait, hold on. Bears. The Bears are an option. No, he has, but to, he has he, to want to go there. Yeah, it's the no trade clause that bothers me with the likely destination there. Um, 
Because so, he wants to play for a playoff contender. The Raiders yeah. have 23 in cap. Do they really? Here's the That's, number, by it, the way. This is what I was looking for. Yeah. The Actually, Bengals the have a shit ton of cap space. The Commanders yeah. might be a good shout. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't mind. But that's that. if they figure out. That's if they figure out their quarterback. Room. Oh, sorry, twenty what, million. If for the they Raiders. draft a quarterback well, high this year, or they trade up to get a quarterback like for D Hop, he's like. Well, honestly. Austin, honestly, they're trading Derek Carr, and they're right. That's gonna give him I'm, more. I'm assuming Brady signs for a deal less than Derek Carr does, solely right. because Brady's a team friendly guy. Yep. That he cares about right now is winning. That makes sense now. Yeah. That, oh my lord, that would be scary. Um. <laughs> And you know D-Hop and all the guys like that that want to win a championship. They have no Let's defense. run it. They need to spend money on defense. They do. Agreed. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. like, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, screw it, we're going to roll <laughs> with them. Josh McDaniel like said, that. fuck it. <laughs> I mean, Just, it, it's, it happens before. I mean, the Chiefs made it all the way to the championship game a couple of years ago with the 31st-ranked defense. So. Let's be real. The Chiefs have been doing that most of Mahomes. How much does he make? He makes, he makes 20 a year, roughly, right? Uh, something like yeah. that, yeah. Do you think that can afford him right now? Because we have no idea what Derek Carr's trade is going to include in terms of keeping money or get rid of money or whatever. I'm, I'm sure it'll like, be something. The Colts could make it work by trading DeForest Buckner in a pick, which I think in, is, in vi- which mind, I think is viable. Higher. I'm thinking right now, the teams that could definitely get him are Ravens and higher. That's what I'm looking at. That's fair. This yeah. is all you have to make it work. Yeah. And we're not looking at make it work. We're looking at possible trade destinations right now. We're looking at the Ravens and higher. I'm fine with having them as reaches, but in terms of likelihood, uh, the Ravens are totally up there, even without Lamar. Um, I think the Giants definitely come into that mix. Yeah. The Patriots I, I, come into that mix. Really, any I, teams that could be a contender. How about that? <laughs> so not the Bears. No. Not the Falcons. <laughs> Uh, He's making not the 20, Bengals just because okay. they have too much already. That's not hard, yeah. Much. Well, so they have to prepare for Jamar Chase for his payday as well. He's not going back to the Texans. So really that leaves the Commanders, the Patriots, the Giants, the... And the Ravens. The Ravens, that's it, four teams. His, uh, his thing, remember, with the with the Patriots too, um, he does have a very good respectful relationship with Bill Belichick. So this is a that is a coach that I'm sure he has a lot of respect for, and I like, uh, and I think that's definitely a coach that he would want to play for. And I think the Patriots should make a push for him. I it's mean, whether or not we have a really think, good chance. It's whether or not yeah. they he thinks that he can because Belichick's there. Go, you know, it's okay if Mc, or, I mean, uh, Bill O'Brien. O'Brien's there because Belichick's mm-hmm. there. Maybe he mm-hmm. does that. But then again, also I feel like if I'm D Hop, I'm looking going. Okay, do I trust like Mac Jones? Do I trust what happened? Can they? Can we move forward being a better offense? Because if I'm looking at it here now, I don't know what they're gonna be. Well, also I Mac mean, Jones had a six-week strike during the season where he had the highest yards per attempt. So the one thing I'll also say too, D Hop can definitely, since he has a no-trade clause, he could definitely say, "Hey Belichick," you know, he could definitely say, "I would love to be on your team." But maybe somebody other than Bill O'Brien, and then maybe you can spend some money on like a Frank Reich or just coach yeah. another offensive coordinator from another team. We also so I, spend ten minutes on each of these because we have. That's four true. Four that's true. Go ahead. Um, so that would be. I feel like that's our our first kind of pick. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, multiple picks, first plus plus, uh, likely places Colts, Packers, kind of reacher ish destinations. We got Raiders, Chiefs, Patriots, like Giants, Ravens. I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. Yep. And then let's just go down the list so we have all the names. Um, yes. We're gonna start. I think Aaron, uh, Derek Carr is probably the one we start with because he's likely to be traded. Yes. 
Is it yeah. like that? Is that what it's spelled? It's D-E-R-E-K. Oh, yeah, it's the regular way. My bad. Um, then you have <laughs> probably Aaron Rodgers, Lamar, Jimmy G, and I would like to talk about Kyler, but if we don't want to talk... I think, I think you've got to put in... Um... I think Kyler, not Trey for Lansky, Kyler, because he just tore his ACL. I don't think they're going to mm-hmm. trade him when he's on this injury. I don't think we can. I, I don't think we include Trey Lance. I mean, this is the big names that are like these guys are most likely yeah, getting traded or fair. like susceptible. Okay, and the Point Niners have to. Try I said to keep... Kyler for the last one, but they might not trade him. So we don't I know, have to talk Steve. About I really think they're going to move Trey Lance this offseason. If if Purdy does, if he wins another playoff game, I think. I just don't care about Trey Lance enough to talk about him. Not going to lie to you. Yeah, me too. Fair. Also because they spent a lot of draft capital to get him, so I think they're going to try to forcibly try to keep him as long as they can. So you know, I think he still stuff. holds holds uh, like capital if you want to trade him. I mean, Austin, your camera. No, he frozen. doesn't. <laughs> oh, I'm frozen again. Dang it. Yeah, I'm, he, he, okay. I'm not giving okay. up any more than maybe a third I'm round. I'm trying to think Lance. about one thing real quick. Who is a lower-end team that might be willing to trade someone who's really like, good so, on the team? So honestly, I mean, oh, I I know one. I think this is completely realistic. Oh, Alvin Kamara. Oh okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. Fine with that. Uh, yep. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about like top tier team or top tier players on bad teams. I uh, Adam have... Thielen. Adam Thielen. Yes, Adam? there's yeah. been speculations that Adam Thielen could be traded to open up more cap space for uh, next season for the Vikings. T H I is it E I? Yeah. Okay. So let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about Derek Carr. I actually yeah. think the most likely landing spot is the Colts. Yes. Um, I think it's almost a guarantee. For the Colts, it is. Uh, Dex went over. Oh, sorry. Um, honestly, that's probably the best bet, and that's going to take DeForest Buckner and their first round pick, almost guaranteed. Um, solely because I think the, obviously, like we said, the Raiders need defensive help. And the reach destinations, I mean, you've got, like, Tampa Bay. I think the Jets are another likely destination, so you can put Colts-Jets in the yes. likelies. Yeah, Jets. I'm going to say Colts-Jets, and I think for reach, I do, I would throw uh, Miami in there. I will definitely throw Miami. And I think that's... that's, a, that's a, a, Yeah, I, he has been talked about. And, I mean, I think that's really the four teams in the market for Derek Carr. Um, yes. I don't know if anybody else has any opinion on that, but I think those are the four um, teams... I think for the uh, let's go back to the list of teams by any chance. I just want to see if there's any that jog my interest. Uh, one I see, where are they? Uh, Actually, there's one. If we're talking trades, I feel like we might be able to put uh, Arizona. Arizona. If yes. they're looking to trade Kyler and they're just looking for an overhaul, why not take a quarterback that's quite literally the opposite of Kyler and Oh, dude, I guarantee D-hop you, Derek does not play much Call of Duty. D hop for Derek Carr and some extra pieces on either side. <laughs> yeah, see that, that would be good for both teams. I mean, we'll see what a happens. Bloodbuster trade like that would be really good. And then they trade Kyler somewhere. Wait, this could be kind of gross. They trade Kyler for some gross wide receiver somewhere. What's I mean, crazy is too every I think every team at some point will field one of these calls with the exception of maybe like teams that are static quarterback. But I definitely think Arizona is who's, definitely thinking about it. Who is Arizona's running back right now? I'm trying to think. 
James, James Conner. They could even trade Kyler for like Alvin Kamara or something. Listen, yes. there's a lot of things you could do with Kyler, but we're not sure he's going to trade him. I mean, no. I don't expect Kamara's a more likely trade. Yeah. Than- just because of the yeah. best situation. They don't use him. like Honest, I do think that's probably the best situation for Derek Carr what we have up there, any one of those five. Um, the Colts and Jets being the most likely. With Aaron Rodgers. I don't think you get as much as you think. No, no. I think you get a first and maybe like a young talent. Yes. Like a first and like young pieces. This I think the Packers are about to go into rebuild mode. Um I don't think it's going to be anything, like, absolutely nuts. I don't think it's, like, the Matt Stafford deal from a few years ago where Matt Stafford was only, like, 32. Aaron Rodgers is 38. You're probably getting a one- or two-year rental, and you're going to have to build the rest of your team after that. Yep. Um, The likely destinations for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, we've seen the Jets go after Brett Favre in his old age before. Mm -hmm. I think that's Uh, a likely spot. Tampa can't because they don't have the the cast space for him. They could move some pieces around. I don't think that that's. I don't. I think that's a reach destination. I don't think that's a likely. Carolina might be more likely. I think that's a good one. Um, I think honestly, I also think that Miami is definitely considering it as well, only because of. Only because also for development. I mean, Aaron Rodgers being a mentor for. Uh, Tua, while he's still recovering off of very serious concussions, I think is a wouldn't what? be. It. I think. And to be Nick. fair, Tua, sorry, go ahead. See, um, career might be coming like two in it. I hate to say that, but like with what he's had this season, it's not hard for him to get hit. Next, you're gonna be done. Yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, or... I do have to wonder what New Orleans is gonna trade because they don't have their first round pick. So I. Yep. Um, I was. Why would that, they trade for Alvin like, Kamara if they have Aaron, well, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? So the thing is, is that like, with the if if I can just jump down to the commander trade, you. So the Eagles are looking for a more solidified running. Yeah, that back. was a rumor this year. That was a. So, I was so I still, hyped. I still think that could happen during this off season. Yeah, this honest... off season, they. So with the Saints pick, they would still pick higher, but you still give them the first round pick that the Eagles get, depending on where they finish. Camara, which yeah. would open up, which would open up cap space that the Eagles have with their first pick. So I think the Eagles would trade their first round pick that they have to the Saints for Camara, and probably yeah. a couple other small pieces with it. And I think you open it up more. Yeah, I'm yep. with you, Andrew. I think that's a low first and maybe some late round picks, maybe a first and a third. Oh, hey, look, it's the code. Um, <laughs> I don't think because running backs aren't as coveted. I think Alvin Kamara would be traded on draft night, depending on where Bijan and Jameer Gibbs go. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alvin Kamara's trade market really depends on how high Bijan Robinson goes. Yeah. Uh, not because Bijan Robinson is Alvin Kamara, but Bijan is probably the best running back prospect we've seen since Saquon. Um, yeah. Miami's Miami is also something I was that thinking, was rumored. I think the teams are like good that like a literally a running back could make a huge difference. And honestly, I don't even think we need to say reach destinations for Alvin because the likely yeah. destinations are the destinations. Um, yes. That I like the I like what we have set up for Alvin Kamara there. I think that's right. Move I think it's similar for Aaron, by the way. I don't yeah, know. I don't have like I think those are the two teams. Um, you could have like one or two other teams sneak in there for a two year rental. I think the Raiders. I mean, like, if- 
So, like, if the Saints do trade for the Eagles first and some other, like, draft picks in the future and other stuff, I could potentially see them using those picks at the draft or at a time where they could just do it if it is happening earlier in the offseason where they could just trade those picks straight up for Rodgers. You know what actually might be a good shout? If Lamar decides he wants to get traded and that works out, what about, like, a Lamar to, like, New Orleans or, like, Michael Thomas and, like, give him some depth at water? The weirdest thing I've seen so far is that people are proposing that the Bears trade the first overall in Justin Fields for Lamar, which I think is dumb as fuck, by the way. Just going to say that out loud. Yeah, um, well, that doesn't, that doesn't make any – it doesn't do anything for either team. <laughs> like, it doesn't do anything. Um, so with Lamar, I think the most likely destination would end up being Miami. Uh, I might, if anybody, does anybody disagree with that? Like Miami's probably the spot I think that's where... a good place. Yeah, I think that's a good place. Yeah. Sure. Um, I've also seen the Jets. I have also. I would say the Jets do make sense. I think the, the Jets yeah, make my, sense. I think the Jets definitely are going to be dipping their hand what into about, any quarterback situation this offseason. What about Texans? No, that doesn't make any uh, sense for Lamar. He's not going to go to a. Well, yeah, it doesn't make any. I sense. mean, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a no trade clause. He has right. less like. They'll do right by him, like just like another committed player. Like they'll do right. right. They probably will. I'm just saying technically, yeah. like that could be. I'll put that as a reach, I think, because like the Texans would love I, to get him. Why do I feel like he would go somewhere like out west though? I mean, you're yeah, you're like, trading you at the Seattle, very least two first. You have Seattle that has two firsts there. I think Seattle—they they have a built team at the offensive side. Seattle might not be the worst shot. In the, world. Uh, the Seahawks also, is definitely a reach. I like it. It's a good spot. And also, yeah. the Seahawks could just throw in potentially, you know, Geno Smith in there because Geno Smith had a pretty solid season with a terrible team. So, with, with an arguably bad team. So, I mean. I, I think Seattle actually has a pretty good uh, pack to do Nick. a reverse Russell Wilson trade, but actually win it. Nick, two T's in Seattle, one L. Did I really flip that? That's yep. Crazy. I'd be surprised, though, if Seattle does this. I mean, depending on how Is everything shakes. Honestly, I just think, sorry, Austin, go ahead. No, I just think they're comfortable. I mean, Geno Smith literally just broke Russell. If they keep him, he had a great season. I mean, a fun stats yeah but i mean if you have a chance to go get lamar and you flip two first and gino which i think is Ooh. less than what the ravens are going to look for i think they're going to look for more which is fine but like if you can do that the titans is a good pick yeah that is yeah um, i actually think that this is a likely one as well yes I, also, I think yeah. tampa bay is also a likely destination yes. for Jimmy G. Um, those are probably my top two tampa bay maybe the jets i think the jets have to feel the I call for Jimmy G. I have the Giants if um, somehow as a backup role, but it's a reach. It's a reach if they decide to move on from Daniel Jones this offseason. Which I don't yeah. think they do, but I understand. Um, but it's, dude, it's a I'm going to be so sad. With... I'm going to be so sad when the Jets get one of these quarterbacks and that much. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think Garoppolo, he, we got what, a second? Yeah, a second. I think it's a second. I think that's his trade market. Maybe the 49ers are looking for a first, but I think his market is a second. I know that they were looking for a first the last offseason. Really, uh, that's why I'm saying if you were to add Trey Lance onto this, like I said, it's if you have Trey Lance who could get traded out of the 49ers if Brock Purdy does well in this next playoff game. Even if he loses and he keeps it to a close game against the Cowboys, 
I think you trade off uh, Trey Lance. You get some draft capital off of them. Even if it's like a next year's first round pick, you have now two first round if, picks going into next year. If I'm the 49ers, the optics on that look awful, though. Like, just come, like looking at it from the 49ers GM perspective, moving off of Trey Lance after moving up with all those picks to get him and tra- drafting him at third above, you know, Mac Jones and or Justin Fields, the optics look fucking terrible. If I'm a, oh, I know, but like, what are you gonna I don't do? Agree with that only because if I'm, Purdy does take me another game, gets me to the end. I don't care going into next season. Like that's me personally. Like I don't care. I'll roll with those guys. That guy. But at, no, I would too. But as the GM, like looking at it from the team perspective and looking at it from a GM's perspective and an owner perspective, you look at that and you go, "Wow, we fucked up." If that's if that's the situation, because Trey Lance's market right now is probably a third round pick. Like I don't I don't yeah, think Trey don't Lance like you don't you don't even get remotely close to a first. You might get a fourth. If you're lucky. Yeah, I The problem is they yeah. have to I think you have to Okay, maybe you could let him Brock Purdy, but then that's even worse optics in my opinion. If if he takes you to the NFC championship game and then you don't start him the first game, the fans are gonna be on your ass. Like they're not gonna be happy that the guy, the kid who took you to the NFC Championship, possibly even a Super Bowl, is the one that you. That's the last thing like who had yeah. like who had so much talent built around him, like and was the last pick in the draft, and he's proved himself to be a starting quarterback in this league. I mean, yes, give it that he has the best options at his for receiving options and a whole entire offensive scheme, like going into that team, but like he's. Playing to the way you want him to be. He's a, like you said, Jake, he is a younger Jimmy Garoppolo, but like he, he, he's a little bit more agile. He's a little bit more like I can extend the play out, run it downfield if I need to. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is more of the sit in the pocket and I'll throw it to the right guy at the right time. Listen, sort of motive. I'm not saying anything about Brock Purdy. I love Brock Purdy the way he's played the last six weeks. He's been stellar, obviously. I'm just telling you from the 49ers perspective and probably the fans perspective because they'll be pissed if they move off Lance too like they expect Lance to be so the thing is is like from what I'm hearing from 49ers fans from what I've been seeing their feed and everything on social media they don't want him anymore they want Brock Purdy as a starter Brock Purdy is kind of taking over that spotlight again you draft a guy number three overall, and he doesn't pan out. The optics just look awful. That's all I'm going to tell yes. you. And from the front office perspective, it wouldn't make sense for them to move off Lance just yet. That's that's all I'm have, saying. Yeah. When you have when a head coach in a the off in the preseason, basically say, "I'm done with this quarterback. I wish we didn't draft him this early." Well, that comes down to the, the first six games of the season or whatever. Until he, he, heard, so he played like the yeah. first two games of the year. Uh, anyways, point being, we could sit on this forever about the subject because really nobody knows what's going to happen with them. I kind of been piecing together a little bit about Adam Thielen here. I like everything uh, you have about Thielen. The problem yeah. with Thielen is that there's going to be one of two things that are going to happen. Either it's going to be like Eric Decker and he's going to be overpaid and old or someone's going to get him that doesn't need him but wants him and he's going to be a very f- heavy like, like the Patriots. Like They always find a way to use those old guys well. Um, but teams like the Raiders and Carolina and the Jets will overpay him, and he won't do anything. They're going to overuse him. I think um, that he's she- still on contract. He's still on contract. They're just trying to trade him off because they. Yeah. 
he's contemplating retirement, but he's also doesn't know what the Vikings front office wants to do because they need cap space, and he yep. would be the biggest option to get rid of. I just because they have I a solidified wide receiver one. I think the Chargers and Chiefs are sneaky too. I, was I, I about think that as well. the Chargers is a good one. I'm thinking if he's the number three guy, I think he'll be happy. And if he's the number three guy, I think that he'll be able to, um, you know, be he'll be safer. He won't be getting hit so much. I think also the Chiefs are a really good pick. Only only if uh, other pushes for other wide receivers don't work. And if they keep Juju, I think with Mahomes I, as a quarterback, I think you can do like a one-two with, uh, you know, I, with Juju I, and Thielen. I, I don't see him going to the Chiefs just because of the fact that they require a lot more speed on the outside and yeah. a lot more like vulnerability to just kind of like be ready for a ball coming at you while defenders coming in to hit you at the same time sort of feeling. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if the Chiefs really would look for an option like that with a 33-year-old wide receiver who's kind of nearing the end of his career and hoping like, for like him to like Patriot. step up. Like, he's, like yeah, a, he's more of a Patriot. Yes. Yeah, he wants to... Like, he's yeah. not going to be overused. He's just going to be utilized. He's, Listen, there, he's there as that veteran's present to, like, kind of build up the younger guys to kind of, like, get them ready to go. Listen, to, like, the Chiefs team. is more like – the Chiefs' suggestion is more they need a wide receiver. Adam Thielen still runs routes and gets open incredibly well. It's not like yeah. Adam Thielen has taken this giant drop-off from where he was a few years no. ago. And, Adam, and I just like, don't see him best Ju- fit there. Like, Juju's not fast. They use Juju pretty well. Kadarius Tony's not the fastest dude in the world. Still runs for, still runs pretty... Like, they don't need speed. They just need guys who can get open. And you're looking at a guy who had 70 catches for 716 yards this year and six I touchdowns. That's a pretty steep drop-off, by the way. Just so well, no, they've been throwing to Jay yeah. Jets. It's fine. It That's has what I'm saying. That's why they want to get rid of him, because he had 14 his contract's going to be... That, that'll yeah. Uh, I said a few years ago, and that would be 2020. That would be yeah. that's what I said. I was saying he had 14 TDs in 2020. So yeah. the 2019 season, that was before they traded away Stefan Diggs. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And that's why his drop off there after the 2018 season, because Diggs came in as a rookie, I think, back in. Well, no, he was no, also he hurt. Was for Six, uh, 16, he yeah, hurt. but he also like, but uh, that 2019 season, Diggs also had like a stellar year. That Minnesota miracle game that happened yep. um then you had year he got he had his acl tear right right Didn't... uh 2020 they drafted jay jetta so it was a split between the two of them for receiving yards um 2021 jay jetta had his breakout year and 2022 he had his jay jetta had his stellar like year and like they can see the decline that jay jetta has moved up to that wide receiver one role and like Adam Thielen with his big contract still when they saw, re-signed him like has fallen is like kind of digressed as like that big number two option because they got KJ Osborne now well, that's the thing is, that where's position. he gonna go and the thing is he can fit on pretty much every team if he wants to play exactly uh, if he wants to play he says supposedly his wife says he they don't know what his future is going to hold but he says he's still got a lot of football left in him so I don't know what his options are but i think honestly if you're adam thielen you want to still play you still want to get some receiving yards i'd go to the patriots honestly you have the best options there you have the best opportunity to kind of still be that wide receiver one facto option 
Um, if I'm him, I'd go to the Bills, but I'll go hang out with Stefan Diggs for a couple of years. And, do like and years. Gabe yeah. Davis. And Gabe Davis, yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm going. Oh, no, but also, again, he doesn't have any control over it. They're going to trade him somewhere. Yeah. They'll probably do right by him like it's the Vikings. They normally do stuff like that. That's fine. But, no, that the only thing I was saying about the Chiefs is that it'd be serviceable. But that's really all it was. It's That's why yeah. it's a reach destination. Okay. I would love him all at the Patriots, though, just for the idea of that veteran presence to teach like someone like a Thornton. To ha- how to run routes, yeah. That's exactly Dude. what I was thinking, but just like Demaryius Thomas, rest in yep. peace, uh, when he was here, uh, he was a part of that. He was just helping people. And then uh, Rodney Harrison came here for a, a mm-hmm. preseason and was like doing the same thing. So, yeah. Uh, I, if Thornton like, run, learns how to run routes, like not even be like dangerous. the best, but like good, yes. oh my gosh, I cannot wait for that. Well, we got to get to next season because I'm still hurt from this season. That's so, a fact. Anyways, yep. um, so that's going to wrap up our sort of free agent, our uh, trade talks for now. There's going to be a lot more during the offseason. We have a lot more guarantees, a lot more going on. Free agency. Um, what else? Yeah, we'll have free agency. Mm-hmm. We'll have, it'll be a lot. And the Pages have a lot of room to sign a lot of people. So it'll Look, work out. We can sign Pollard. Um, no, thank I you. We got backs. We got backs that. on backs on backs, dog. <laughs> backs is not what we need. <laughs> we have two, and then we saw some from uh, Polar and uh, uh, Pierre Strong, Strong baby. Yeah, Pierre Strong. Both yep. of them look good this year. So, anyways, um, so we got running backs for the next six plus years, even if I get hurt. Okay. So, what else do we want to talk about before we briefly touch on the All Star games? Anything no, else? The only thing I got to say is that we've got a mock draft episode up that you should go watch. We've got a uh, Who's the Top Quarterback in This Year's Draft Class episode dropping tomorrow. So, if you guys are interested in that, make sure to check those out. That's all I got to say. Also, know that uh, this past Friday I destroyed Nick in bowling, but that's just about it. <laughs> that is Actually, sport related. Let's clarify, Steve. Uh, Steve, no, who had the highest score? Over three over 100 point games. Oh, oh, oh one, two out played, of three. Ah. We played three games. <sighs> Me and Steve both scored over 100 all three games. I had the Which highest score rare in the for three us. games of 149. Steve had the highest cumulative score. I also went, I also in the same game, uh, uh, bowled three strikes and then two gutters. So Okay, okay. <laughs> Steve's the most inconsistent bowler of all time. Yeah, Moving on. I had four, four uh, strikes in one game. Uh, we're going to briefly talk about, like I said, we're going to kind of talk briefly about the NBA uh, and the NHL uh, All-Star voting. So quickly, touching on the NBA, next release comes out on the 19th. So that's where we're going to get a little bit more of like, okay, what's actually happening. But so far, the biggest ones to note, um, none of this is really a surprise. Uh, Kyle Kuzma uh, in the front court for the uh, Eastern Conference being seven is pretty cool. Pablo Bronchero on his rookie year being eight is awesome. I love that for yep. the boy. Uh, but really, the the main point to know is that uh, it's probably going to be Katie, Giannis, and Jason and Joel um, are likely nuts. kind of those four picks. Um, which is since crazy. when did Jimmy Butler move to the three? I thought he was a two guard. Yeah, yeah. right. Dude, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't. Dude, I don't. Oh, when Tyler Hero came, there you go. There's your answer. Okay. Uh, no, okay. Uh, Tyler Hero and uh, their the other guy who shoots threes. Um, as for the guards, what's crazy to me, oh, KD Larry. being top doesn't surprise me. Kyrie being at the top does surprise me, but he's yes. quiet this year. So um, Donovan Mitchell surely deserves to be up here. Um, not only has this dude had a 70-point game, but he's been dominating uh, this year. That's the I'm best shooting guard. I'm a lot player. more popularity than anything as well. I'm yeah. looking over here, yeah. and I see Russell Westbrook getting any votes at all, which is kind of ridiculous, but... Well, it is. This is so. These are the fan votes. Let's yeah. clarify. Fifty percent of the NBA uh, voting goes to the fans. The other twenty-five percent goes to media, and twenty-five yep. percent goes to the players. 
So <laughs> these names are just all the uh, the people voting. Jalen Brown mm-hmm. being fourth. Jalen Brown, I will guarantee you on everything, will be on the uh, one of the all-star teams. The yes. dude is literally playing like the sickest two in the game. Um, yeah. And and Jason will also be on there. Um, over here on the opposite side, um, really nothing surprises me over here other than Russell Westbrook. Um, Austin um, Reeves. <laughs> hey, Austin yeah. Reeves. Been He's been playing. Votes. No, yeah. I know. I will give a uh, shout out to uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who I think deserves more votes. That dude plays yep. basketball so purely one of the best playmakers in, in indiana <laughs> one of the best playmakers in the game dude yes i mean I just LeBron can't get over anthony davis right, in number right three. now it's just gonna be team lebron versus team kd which makes sense that's kind of what it was it's been like that or team lebron it's been like that since they did it's the gonna be something like captions. that we're gonna find out in quite literally two days kind of where we're at again this is only 50 percent of the vote so where they are isn't where they're gonna necessarily be jalen brown will likely beat out james harden might even beat out donovan mitchell but it'll be something. actually. I think it'll probably be Giannis and LeBron. Wasn't that what it was last year? Uh, that's what it was. Year, I, think. I, I think was gonna be Giannis. Look, I think I think also for front. I think on the Easter side, it's gonna be Giannis and Tatum's got to be number two. Um. Well, we're no. We're talking about uh, well, who, all like who the teams are. Like, teams. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually the most popular from the East and the most popular from the West. Um, yeah. LeBron will I'm get pretty his, sure. I'm pretty sure. Um. Uh. It, be uh who has, it's who has the most votes. From the mm-hmm. fans going into that into that yeah. setup, so it like it, it, it's between fans, awesome. media, and then the commissioner has final say over it though too. But yeah, we're sure. going to scores. click on this. I saw that. I love <laughs> it. That's hilarious. Anyways, so this is where we're at right now. Like I said, this kind of goes up here. Next update will be in two days, so we'll talk about this again next week. Uh, yep. We will quickly switch over to the. NHL All-Stars, so these are the lineups for the Metro and the Atlantic, or the Eastern Conference. Um, a lot of names you'll know, like Sidney Crosby, uh, uh, Nikita yep. Kucherov. Is that really Sidney Crosby's name? fifth? All- That's it? He's only been to five? Yeah, but there was wow. a lot of years where they didn't... Uh, it's, it's okay, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, and just know that, like, there's only one Boston Bruins player here, even though Pasta's been playing like crazy. And that's not yeah. a negative thing. It's just there's some crazy good players. Uh, biggest notes here, Alinas Allmark, All-Star makes sense. Igor, All-Star makes sense. Um, there's really not a ton of stuff. The coolest thing is Tage Thompson, who's been playing lights out this year for Buffalo, five goals, um, is in his first All-Star game. Uh, so that's fantastic. Um, and, again, I will, we'll have Kyle come in and make some comments next year about this. Um, on the other side, it's really cool to see a Seattle Kraken in their second year. Um, actually yeah. Uh, Maddie Beneers made it, and he's doing fantastic. Um, he was drafted by him last year. He's been doing great. Um, and, and really, other notes, uh, Jason Robinson's been playing lights out. Um, he was definitely going to be in the All-Star game, uh, but he's been – he signed uh, 8 by 8 and Kyle thought it was crazy and then realized he was 24, and then he's like, oh, wait, never mind. And now he's, he's literally has the third most goals uh, in the league this year behind uh, McDavid and someone else. So he's been I think I got to say that's really cool is I love seeing uh, Seattle doing so well despite being a brand-new team similar to our they are. The Golden and Knights. I was looking at this here because I like to look at it. Seattle just beat the Bruins, by the way, which has only been yep. done nine times this year, and only five times of regulation, which they did beat them. Uh, yep. The Bruins, of course, are at 72 points, 13-point lead over the Maple Leafs, who are second with a game in hand in their conference. They're looking pretty good. Closest team in the league is uh, Carolina, uh, which is 10 points behind. 
Um, however, the Kraken, the two expansion teams in the last five years, are yep. one and two in the Pacific Division, which is fantastic. So, yep. uh, good for them. Oh, fun fact. Uh, think about this. Speaking of expansions, there's a conspiracy theory going around. Well, not a conspiracy, <laughs> but there's rumors going around that the NFL is looking at Europe to expand. This sounds like we're in the episode because we don't talk about conspiracies because we don't know. Uh, it, in first off, Steve, and you'll like this. Uh, the most likely place they're going to expand first is Mexico City. Yep. So, yep. Anyways, that is episode forty-seven for today. Um, anyone else have anything else to talk about before we finish up? Uh, call your mom and tell him, tell her you love her. I don't know. That's just that would be a good thing to do. Uh, I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Thank you for taking time to sit with us today for the hour and a half, whether you listen to us on YouTube, whether you listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whether you took time to be with us, we appreciate you. We hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next week. Make sure to go check out the socials.